Welcome to The Human Beat. I'm Roger Rocca. You've heard of 4-H, and you've likely seen the kids with their animals at the county fair. But there's much more to 4-H than that. We're talking today with three students with varying degrees of 4-H experience, Lindsay McCarthy, Sam Carlyle, and Isabella Bigda. Isabella speaks first. Isabella, since you're the newest, let me, let me start with you. You've had the least experience, but if, if you were talking with another student and you wanted to, wanted to tell them about 4-H and why they might want to be interested, what, what would you say to them? I would honestly start with every experience that I have loved. Um, I'd tell them about the wide range of things that you can do, like archery, showing animals, so much stuff. And I'd tell them that it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, can you take it from there? Um, for it, to, it expands on so much that youth don't get in a public high school or online or homeschooling. It expands on experiences in what you're interested in. If you're interested in public speaking or leadership, 4-H has that. Or if you're interested in the shooting sports, archery, or your STEM projects, or you're really artistic, you can do whatever. F there's like over 200 projects 4-H offers. And it's there's so much to have experience on, and it's truly a life-changing experience. Now, the different programs in 4-H are called clubs or... Uh, projects, but then there's clubs. So, like, I'm in four different clubs because I have four different project interests, like dogs, horses, leadership, and livestock, which is all of the, my market animals. And in a club, do you, is it the, the students meeting together, or is there a leader? Is there a, a faculty member? Uh, all of the leaders we have in 4-H, there's usually two or three per club. They're all volunteers. They're not paid. Mm -hmm. And then they have junior leaders, which are older youth, as us three are, all junior leaders. And we help out our club uh, as much as we can. We talk with our leader. We come up with a plan and what we can do to help our club and what we can grow on as youth. And then there's... There's, and then there's always, we can bring in different people to help us with certain project areas. So if that leader's not super versed in the world of pigs, they'll have maybe another junior leader, another leader, or someone to come in and help with that project. So the leader or leaders of a club are sort of generally uh, have knowledge or expertise mm -hmm. in that particular, about that particular thing, and then they bring in other people as they need for specialized yeah. learning? Sam, I, I need to ask you the same question. What would you see? You, you've had the most experience in, in the group here. What would you say to someone about why 4-H? I think I would tell them about my experience and how I've become a greater person and I will continue becoming a greater person. And it's just opened my mind to so many opportunities and ideals. I was just looking at your bio, Sam, and you are involved in a lot of things. Both, uh, both locally and with the county and with the state. And I, I'm wondering how you find time for all that. Um, so recently I am being homeschooled and that's definitely helping with just like doing more things. But 4-H has always been a priority in my life ever since I joined. And it made me able to go to all these new places and places I've never been or thought I've been able to go to. 
So it's just opened a lot of things for me. And and when you first got into it, what, what was it that got you into it? Did you have family who had done it before, or what was it that made you, made you want to do it? So I had a dog who was just, like, not a nice dog, mm-hmm. but I've been training him and working him and open just all these kind of things with him. But something that really helped me was there was an older girl, and she, she told me that she used to be exactly like me, shy, quiet, didn't want to talk, didn't want to do anything. And that really inspired me because I wanted to be that person for somebody else. Can you tell me about just some of the things that you're involved in? Because it's an impressive list. Yeah. So for eight years, I've been doing the dog club. And that's just agility and obedience and fun showmanship. Um, I've been doing leadership for some of those years. Sometimes I do art and photography. And recently, this year, I've actually joined archery, which is surprising. And just take the dog club as an example. How does that work? What, how does the dog club work? So our dog club meets once a week. Last year it was twice a week. But we meet once a week and we get together and we just, we work inside of like a, a barn. <laughs> and it's just training our dogs and building on new steps and to get, to get our dog to be able to show at the end of the year. And where does the knowledge about how to train the dogs come from? Is there someone helping with that or you're reading or how, how do you find out what to do? So it's definitely like a lot of programs that our leaders will learn from. And there's even like training opportunities for them to go through. And that's definitely helpful for them to learn more able to get to connect with the kids better and even their dogs. Uh, Lindsay, tell us a little bit about some of the things you're doing and, and how those clubs work. <laughs> Just the projects I'm involved in on the county level are dogs, rabbit, pig, turkey, horses. I have two horses. And then leadership, photography, and uh, wood science. Mm-hmm. Have, have any of you been involved with showing animals at the fair? Yes, county and state level. Tell us a little bit about that. I think some of us who go to the fair see you with your animals, and it looks like there's quite a bond between you and the animal. And I I think some of us say, what's that like when the time comes to let go? It's it's really hard. Um, My last year, my first year doing pigs was this past fair, and it was probably it was a really hard experience but going into the project when you get the pig in march you i I always set this mindset like they're just here for a little bit and i i make all the fun memories i feed them all the marshmallows i want (laughs) they they have all the good treats and then when fire times comes you show off as much as you can in the ring and then it's time to say goodbye it's it's hard but it's a good experience to have as a kid well, I can't tell you how sweet that is to see. I know you kids get really tired at the fair because it's hard work over a long period of time. And to see you and your animals snuggled up together taking a nap is pretty heartwarming. And, and that's kind of what prompts the question. The bond has got to be there and the trust and so on. And so I wondered, wondered what that felt like at the end. So, Isabella, you're, you're the newest one and you're involved in a couple of programs already. Tell me a little about what you're doing. I am in way too much that I can handle, but it is totally worth it. I do leadership, I show rabbits, I am showing a pig this year, maybe a turkey, I'm still trying to convince my mother. 
I do photography, do art. I was in the entrepreneur program, which meant I sold at the Sunday market every Sunday for about six Sundays. So this gets you involved in a lot of things that are sort of outside the barn, if I can say that. You were getting involved in the community and doing things in the community. So first of all, I'm guessing it's fun, what you're doing. It's enjoyable. Very much. You're learning a lot. Do you think there are things in 4-H that are kind of preparing you for your future life, your future careers? I 100% agree with 4-H sets you up for the future. So like I was kind of talking about earlier with if there's a certain project you're really interested in, 4-H most likely has that. It's, you can expand on the little things. Uh, like this past summer conference, it's a leadership conference in Corvallis, Oregon. We stay in the dorms and one of the classes I took is I went to the vet school and I'd been kind of interested in that field and I learned I don't want to be a vet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was very eye-opening but that was just the little things, the experiences that can help you expand on your possible career and there's um, lessons like financial work, the working with others, make going outside of your own little bubble can be life-changing for some and it truly has been for me and I'm an outgoing person but to help people go outside their bubble sometimes and help others be the leader when I'm always the leader and I step back and help them it's just truly what I like to see and working with the little kids as clover buds and then seeing them grow up is it's all it all comes full circle and 4-H is definitely the program to be in mm -hmm. and Sam you said initially you were not really an outgoing person and, and that has changed for you yep <laughs> um, I think it's just all the opportunities I was shoved into by my mom <laughs> but it's definitely helped me become just able to talk able to be here even mm-hmm I was gonna say no one would guess that about you that you you know you you, you present yourself as confident and and ready to roll. Tell me about something. You've been involved not only locally, but you're involved in the county, as you mentioned, but also in, in state yep. things. Tell me something about those. So for about a few years now, I've been able to be eligible for to be able to go to state, and that's just state fair. And I bring my dogs and photography to state fair, and that's just the huge state show-off basically um, but I've done a few state camps all of those things are things that that I don't think that person you described before would have been able to do because you're meeting new people all the time in new situations and and handling it yeah. Isabella tell me a little more about about the things that you're involved in and, and what you're enjoying the most meeting new people mm -hmm. I like all of the people in 4-H, they're all really nice, they're really welcoming. I have never met a person to be rude to me or disrespect me or care that I'm younger or older or anything like that. Uh, they're a very unjudgy community and it's very nice because I just moved to Oregon and I was having trouble making friends and I still am. but. Forage has helped me make friends so much better. 
it's a really good community. Well, I want to know about um, the Beerman Creek Critters. So yes, that's my livestock group. So that's the ones where I showed my rabbits, my turkeys, my pigs with. And what are the kinds of things you do in the leadership club? We do various things. We go on a camping trip. We help run the Forge Bingo Night. We get selected for opportunities to help form 4-H like this. We help with the lock-in, the food drive. <laughs> we help um, do community service projects around our community to truly help 4-H grow. Uh, we help with recognition night. We do speaking parts. We help clean up events, set up events. Um, kind of your as our 4-H associations go to little helpers, pretty much. <laughs> mm -hmm. What else would you like people to know about 4-H? I'm going to be asking you specific questions, but but I, I'd be interested in knowing what what you what you wish everybody knew about 4-H. Maybe I should start with with you, Sam, since you've been in it the longest. What what do you wish people knew? So, <clears throat> I wish people knew that it was a lot more than just showing off your pretty animals or beautiful art. That, like, I went to Argentina for about a month, a few months ago, um, and it was a, through the 4-H program, and it was a great opportunity for me to get out of my comfort zone, just because it was a complete something I didn't think I would ever do. So I wish people knew more about there's these different countries you can go to, different community service in these countries that you get to be able to do. You get to learn all about different cultures. Lindsay, how about you? What would you say? Forage isn't just animals. Because a lot of people, they come to the fair, that's how they see Forage. Mm -hmm. Forage is a community of belonging and understanding and so much more that sometimes I can't even put it into words you just have to experience your experience it yourself what is the process uh, um, to get back to the animals for just a moment what is the process uh, when you are uh, you you did had pigs mm -hmm. so how does that start where where do you get the pig and how do you learn how to take care of it and how does all of that work so right after fair I always start thinking, okay, what projects are next for next year? Because I want to book my animals with my breeders to make sure enough pigs are bred so I get my amount of pigs. So I, I talk to my breeder, and there's there's tons of local breeders. You do your research on it. I get my pigs uh, in about March, and then I raise them on their starter feed, and then their grower feed, and then their finishing feed, and then they are at fair and then I don't leave fair with them. Isabella, you you said you wanted to do turkeys and your mom is kind of wavering on whether she wants you to do turkeys. Yeah. You want to embarrass your mom and tell us about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the turkeys, they, we have a lot on our plate right now. So the turkeys would be a lot. Our friends told us that they aren't too expensive uh, but we've also been told that they are a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It's kind of mixed signals either way. It's either they're really easy or they're hard work. <laughs> so it really depends, like, what turkey I'm getting. Is it going to be nice? It's just we don't know if we want to put ourselves into that, especially with me doing pigs and, like, nearing fair time. 
when I have to say goodbye to them, will it be too much? Like having to say goodbye to two animals. Mm -hmm. It's just, we're thinking. And Sam, it seems like you've made another transition. I mean, you start out sort of being the student mm -hmm. and, and you're absorbing information and learning, but you're now also being a counselor. So you flip that over and doing the other side. Tell us about that a little bit. Um, at first it was definitely scary because I had to lead these classes and I was scared that I was doing it wrong or the, I was scared that the kids wouldn't like how I taught, but I realized that nobody's going to judge you. You're just, you're just still a kid. Even though you're leading all these people, no one's going to think you're wrong for doing something you love. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, too, as you are doing that, that's another huge hurdle mm -hmm. that you've got behind you now, or at least partly behind you from doing it, and you know that you, you have those skills and can do that. And as you go forward in life, that's also a huge, a huge thing to have in your, in your quiver. Yeah. Isabella, I want to come back to you. Because, because you're the newbie and you're just getting started with this, I'm really curious about how your experience has been so far. What was your first year like? What did you do? My first year, at first it was really chaotic. I didn't know what I was doing, but then I started doing more things and I just kind of got the hang of it. It just grew on me and I started to understand like how things are going. My mom made a club. Um, we are the Clats of Sundrops and we currently have three families right now. So this is a club where it's kind of open-ended, and if, if one of the members wants to learn something, you, you try to bring yeah. that into the club, mm -hmm. something that isn't already existent in one of the other clubs. So, like, say somebody says, oh, I want to uh, show lambs. We'll mm -hmm. be like, okay, we'll add lambs to our club. And then they can now show lambs although we won't be very helpful because we don't know anything about lambs. <laughs> you might want to go to a more experienced club if you want to learn about lambs, but if you just want to do lambs, we'll add it to the club. And if my club were to do anything livestock, they would reach out to other leaders to learn about it so they can teach it. And I've got to ask you about, uh, Lindsay, about um, the county ambassador team. What what do you do there? So um, Sam and I are both county ambassadors. We're just kind of the two that do all the big, helpful running events, um, attending certain events on behalf of 4-H. And I also do this on a state level. So I'm also a state ambassador. This is my second year. We meet in Salem twice a year in person. We also help... Um, and we, and we also meet one or twice a month on Zoom. And then we also help at State Fair run the information desk. We help run summer conference. We teach classes, icebreakers, MC events. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of community service projects that big groups will call us up like, hey, we need help. So we are, there's like 15 of us and we're kind of the face of Oregon 4-H. Uh, we do a lot of events, and we'll help 4-H out as much as we can. That is a broad skill set that you are, you are assembling. That's pretty impressive. Sam, why don't you pick up from there and tell me some of the other things you're doing? So this year I will be running for a state ambassador as well, 
just because I've heard so many of these great opportunities, especially from Lindsay, and she has helped me encourage myself to be able to just run for a state ambassador. You said that one of your, your, your mottos is it's never too late when it comes to things you enjoy. What do you mean by that? What, what, what? So I'd always thought that because I'm just in dogs that for so many years I didn't really need to step out of my comfort zone anymore. But since I joined archery, I really show that there's no point in just forgetting about everything else and focusing on one thing. Because doing so many things is so fun, why not do it? <laughs> <laughs> Fur and feathers? Can you explain that to me? Um, that is one of the clubs that I go to. And they do smaller animals like rabbits, chickens. They're doing goats, lambs. I think they have alpacas in there too. Uh, they're a very large club, but it's nice. They are like, the club is surrounded about, uh, surrounded by fair, like in a good way. They're getting you ready for fair the entire year. And it's really nice because then when you get to fair, even if you didn't do anything else but that club, you still have stuff to put in fair. Mm -hmm. Are you all uh, sort of country girls I and mean, would you all live sort of out in the country or not i for sure do i have horses i i just came from the barn so i i for sure do have that lifestyle not because of 4-h but that was you don't have to be so quote unquote country or you don't have to be city or anything to be in 4-h you just have to be you and you have to be willing to learn and try these new experiences well, you just made clear something I wanted to ask about, and I, th I heard saw you shaking your head when I asked about country girls. So you are not. No, I am not. I really admire the lifestyle, but I think living in the town is a great way for me to live. <laughs> so, I, and I guess the point is, 4-H is not limited to one or the other. It's kind of open, open to everybody. And I personally live in an apartment, a very small apartment, <laughs> with no. No room for animals, and yet I still managed to have seven rabbits. <laughs> so, so what would you do with the turkey if you... <laughs> if you I am in a club that has a barn that they okay. let us use for <laughs> pigs and turkeys, so which you, is very nice. So you wouldn't have to keep either one in the apartment? No, That's thankfully. Okay. Mom, listen to that. Anything else you'd like to tell me about 4-H? There are some experiences that I'm wanting to go in for. It's they're called um, going national. Mm -hmm. So I'm a, so I'm a state ambassador. I'm known on the state level, but I want to go further. I want to be known on a national level. So I've applied. Actually, I applied like two days ago for national conference. I would be one of few youth to go to um, the greater Washington D.C. area this year. It's in Virginia for spring break time and I would be put in this group and we would be given a topic let's say NASA. NASA has a problem they give us a problem and we have like two days to fix it and present it with all these kids you don't know from all over the nation and I'm there to learn represent Oregon and come back and teach my community and I applied for this last year and I was all I almost got it so I applied that 
again, and I really hope I get it. And a similar opportunity is called National 4-H Congress. And Congress is um, in November, you apply in the spring, you get hopefully an interview, you go to summer conference at the end of June, you do your interview, and then on Sunday of summer conference, you um, at the brunch, you hopefully get selected as a delegate, and then you go in November, Thanksgiving weekend-ish, and you are at this big 4-H conference with thousands of other youth um, at Atlanta, Georgia, and you represent Oregon. And I've applied for that, and I hope to get it. I have not yet. Those are two experiences that are, are ones that would truly change my life. And have changed everyone's, the highlight of everyone's 4-H career. And it's an experience that when I signed up for 4-H five years ago, I never thought I was going to be able to do that. I'm already looking at you as you're talking, thinking, uh, envisioning you running for the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> and I see some nods of, of agreement. Uh, you said, Isabella, you said you had some other things that you wanted to mention. I I think we should all share our favorite part of 4-H. All right. That sounds good. Hard to pick. <laughs> My personal favorite part is our coordinator, Sandra Carlson. She is very <laughs> she is very lively. She makes everything so much more fun and organized and 4-H here really wouldn't be the same without her. If she were to leave, we would all be, it would be chaos. She keeps, she keeps 4-H together. She is amazing. And I thought I should mention her in this because she really deserves that hype. And we should mention she's in the room and turning some uh, good <laughs> shades of scarlet as we speak. <laughs> and nodding her head now. And also just looking at the three of you, I think um, another real positive about 4-H is the, the, the companionship and the, 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 the socialization, the ability to, to relate to one another and, and have a good time together. My favorite thing about 4-H is probably the community. The, all the friends I've made. I, have, I feel like a friend from all 36 counties in Oregon because I got to go all to these world, uh, all these big events that I've been able to meet new people, and that's a skill that 4-H taught me, and I'm so thankful for that. That's a big thing, because sometimes, you know, different parts of Oregon think differently about things, and when you know people in different parts of Oregon, that kind of breaks down some of those barriers that sometimes can happen. When you have a friend who lives over there and um, can relate to that person as an individual. Sam, it's <laughs> up to you. Uh, like Lindsay, I think it's definitely the people you meet and the people you grow close with because your leaders aren't just teachers. They're really kind of like second parents to you. They're great people. They always want the best for you. Great. So that's Sam Carlisle and Lindsay McCarthy and Isabella Victor. Thank you very much, all of you. We've been talking with three students involved in 4-H, Lindsay McCarthy, Sam Carlisle, and Isabella Bigda. This is The Human Beat. I'm Roger Rocca. Thanks for listening.